الرحيم وما آتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا معلمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لسان يفقه قولي دروش الله Respected brothers respected elders mothers and sisters listening at home Alama have mentioned that on the 21st of Zilhijjah the year 23 Hijri which was Yawmul Jumu'ah according to the majority of the Muslim historians that Jumu'ah of the 21st of Zilhijjah was the last Jumu'ah of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala an on that day of Jumu'ah came before time and entered into Masjid-e-Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he sat on the mimbah on the pulpit admiring the companions and the tabi'een that had gathered in Masjid-e-Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when they saw Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala an already sitting there he looked at them first of all he praised the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sending durood upon Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said to the companions I have something very important to say to you I have seen a dream which signals my death I have seen a dream which signals to my death. Now we have to understand that Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab was a learned scholar. One from the very few who had the ability to read and write. And this knowledge of ta'abir, giving interpretation and the meaning of dreams was also something that he was quite familiar with so when he saw this dream he said to the companions that this is a sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of my early departure now from this dunya and he related the dream to the companions and the senior tabi'een that were sitting in Masjid-e-Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said to them I have seen myself being pecked by a rooster twice. I see myself being pecked by a rooster twice. 
and people around me people around me were saying to me Amirul Mu'mineen why don't you choose for us the next Khalifa a rooster pecking on me twice and people around me were saying Amirul Mu'mineen why don't you choose for us the next Khalifa when he mentioned this dream to some of the companions it is said that the senior companions and tabi'een were crying in Masjid Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the tabir was already given by Hazrat Amir al-Mu'mineen Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an we had mentioned this in our last session that when someone who is pious before his demise uh, as a means of glad tidings basharat someone uh, is shown a dream of that particular individual this has always been uh, the sunnah of awliyaullah the pattern for the pious people and in many cases even that individual is shown a dream so in this case Hazrat Umar ta'ala an just mentioned one of his dreams and he made it very very clear sitting on the pulpit that this is the dream that I have seen and it is now a sign from Allah of my early departure I recall hearing the bayan of one great great scholar of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jamaat whose name was Maulana Haq Nawaz Jangwi I'm not sure if people here can uh, recall uh, this great man and all of his great achievements what he has done of Pakistan he was from Jung Punjab and listening to his tape he once said that I am standing in front of you which is Yawmul Jumu'ah you will not see me next week I will not stand in front of you this is my last Jumu'ah so listen to me very attentively <laughs> uh, a great scholar I personally had Alhamdulillah this uh, opportunity a blessing from Allah I went to um, pray on the Mazar of Maulana Haq Nawaz Jangwi they say that from the grave of Maulana Ahmed Ali Lahori one can smell beautiful fragrance coming from the Qabr and I am in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I'm not a wali of Allah may Allah make us a wali I'm a simple man but while standing there Allahu Akbar the fragrance that was coming out from the Qabr is something that you have never experienced anywhere in the world this is the Qabr of Maulana Haq Nawaz Jangwi by the age of 40, 45, he was completely grey. Completely grey. And he was actually assassinated. A great, great scholar. And if you listen to any of his lectures, subhanAllah, um, the power of speech, the power that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given him, and he was an ashik of the companions. A great ashik. A great scholar. So Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab, this was his last Jumu'ah and what he said to the companions this was something very very difficult for the Tabi'een and also the Sahaba Kiram Ajma'een and he said to them that I will not select for you an Amir Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an was very different from others when we look at uh, how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam 
left this dunya and how Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq was appointed and how Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq after his death how Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala came to power what Hazrat Umar said to them is I have selected for you the council of six the council of six six members the most senior companions <coughs> in Madinatul Munawwara these were the people who would sit on the right and left of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and he said I leave it between the six to select one as your Amir and for the first time Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala is opening up the system of Shura here but we will inshallah explain that uh, maybe in the next session to come so Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala selected the council of six Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala Hazrat Talha radiallahu ta'ala and Hazrat Zubair radiallahu ta'ala all of them, all the six are from amongst the Ashra Mubashara of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam all were given the glad tidings in one majlis, in one gathering so these were senior companions and he said I leave the choice to you these are the six companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and one will be the Khalifa so you had mashallah big names Hazrat Ali was there, Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf was there you had the likes of Hazrat Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an Alama have also mentioned before the demise of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an he had approached Hazrat Huzaifa bin Yaman and Hazrat Sahal radiallahu ta'ala an and he was concerned about the widows and the orphans that were living in the Islamic empire so he actually said to Hazrat Huzaifa radiallahu ta'ala an he said that if Allah was to give me life and if I was to live longer O Huzaifa, you be my witness you will see that I will not allow any suffering I will not allow any suffering in the Islamic empire when it comes to looking after the widows of the ummah and the orphans of the ummah I, Umar ibn al-Khattab, will support them and I will make them completely independent. This was the vision of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala. It was already there, it was already in function. But Allahu Akbar, so many people were now uh, making hijrah and migrating into the Islamic empire, Muslims and non-Muslims. And I mentioned this today in Jumu'ah because of the justice system in Islam. And Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an was not prejudiced. Whether it was uh, someone who, uh, who was not a Muslim, a Christian or a Jew, even an atheist. But if they paid jizya, full protection was given to them. So Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab, even in the last few days, he is concerned about the widows and about the orphans. And we have to be also very much concerned, my respected brothers, we have so many widows amongst us and also orphans so many of the mujahideen have become shaheed and what has happened to their families uh, their children and the women folks so we have to make sure that we fulfill the sharia the desire the sunnah of nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam
and the vision of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an. Another change that Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an did in the last stage of his life, he had actually declared that he will not allow any of the prisoners who were captured from the conquered regions, the conquered regions, uh, he would not allow the prisons, prisoners to settle into Madinatul Munawwara. Subhanallah, again, this was the wisdom and foresight given to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and he knew that these were people who hated Islam. These were prisoners captured by the Muslims when they fought the Romans and the Persian Empire. So he said, I will not allow the prisoners to settle in Madinatul Munawwara. Why? Because they have many motives to conspire against the Islamic Khilafat. And the city of Madinatul Munawwara is the capital of the Khilafat. So he had made a declaration. He had said, no kuffar, no prisoners, especially the prisoners that were taken from uh, the regions that were conquered by the Muslims. None of them will be allowed to settle in Madinatul Munawwara. There was a slight problem here. Because you had the senior companions who were living in Madinatul Munawwara, and many of them had slaves. They had taken the prisoners to be their own slaves. So to monitor the slaves would be quite difficult. If the slaves were outside Madinatul Munawwara, then there was no control over the slaves. And these were Sahaba Kiram Ajma'een. Many of them returned back to Madinatul Munawwara. And now in Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala and said that no prisoners are allowed in Madinatul Munawwara. This was quite a difficult situation for some of the senior companions. Uh, people like Hazrat Abbas radiallahu ta'ala and had more than a hundred slaves. Hazrat Abbas. Hazrat Abbas was the uncle of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So many of the companions came to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an and they said, maybe you have to change your decision on this. Alhamdulillah, it is an Islamic state. We are the majority in Madinatul Munawwara. And what difference would it make if these slaves were to help the Muslims and to work for us in Madinatul Munawwara? Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an was saying no. But again, there was a lot of not pressure, wouldn't say pressure on Umar ibn al-Khattab, but because of the senior companions that were there, and their close relationship with Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and especially Hazrat Abbas radiallahu ta'ala an, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an reluctantly gave them permission and said fine. And so he was very very selective. He would choose and he would allow the companions to choose who is going to live in the city of Madinatul Munawwara. And these were, remember, prisoners but taken as slaves by the Muslims after the battles that were fought with the Roman Empire and the Persian Empire. And they were allowed to settle in into Madinatul Munawwara, those who were under some of the senior companions. Allahu Akbar, the Mu'arrikheen have mentioned that this, for this decision, the Ummah had to pray, pay a very heavy price. For this decision, the Ummah had to pay a very heavy price. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala an was very very reluctant. But he gave permission at the end. Subhanallah, Hazrat Amr bin Maymun radiallahu ta'ala an is the narrator. He talks about that very 
painful day and that difficult day that approached the Ummah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He says that I was very very close to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and physically standing close to him amongst the other companions. You had Hazrat Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala an, and you also had according to another narration you had Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf radiallahu ta'ala an, who was also close to uh, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an. Hazrat Amr bin Maymun radiallahu ta'ala an, says Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab had a lot of love for the Quran. When it came to the recitation of the Quran, he would read the Quran with a lot of devotion, with, with great passion. He said that uh, from amongst uh, the ruat, the narrators that mentioned the seerah of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab, one has mentioned that they saw Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and actually rubbing his face on the pages of the Quran and kissing the Quran. A deep love of the Quran that he had. And when he would stand up for Salah, especially Fajr Salah, he would read very long surahs. At times, Surah Yusuf and Surah An-Nahl. And when he would read the verses of punishment, Azabun Nar, Jahannam, Hazrat Umar anhu's heart would tremble with fear, and tears would flow from the eyes. And when he would read the verses of Jannah, Allahu Akbar, he would. Uh, crave the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he would be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so he would read the verses of the Quran very very slowly and being the Khalifa of the Muslims Hazrat Amr ibn Maymun says that all of the Salah Imamat was performed by Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab he would lead the people to prayer and his habit was that when he would come out from his hujra he would look at the musalli, the worshippers in the masjid and would say to them straighten the rows, straighten the rows, straighten the rows, ji, straighten the rows and slowly saying that stawu sufufakum, stawu sufufakum he would slowly come to the musalla where he would stand that is the musalla of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and the musalla of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and then the iqamat would be done and then he would say takbir this was his habit so Amr ibn Maymun says it was Fajr Salah, very very dark, and Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an came out from his hujra, as was his habit. The companions and the tabi'een were sitting in the masjid. When they would see him slowly, they would come in the front saf. There was no time, there was no uh, digital clocks that uh, they would look at the seconds and stand up. Uh, they, it was all uh, physically done when they would see the Mu'azzin Hazrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala an, when they saw Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq come out Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam come out from the hujra there was no specific time so Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an, slowly was walking towards the musalla uh, to perform and commence into his um, the, the jamaat prayer of Fajr Salah it was Fajr Salat early in the morning no lights, there was no electricity Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab stood up and he said Allahu Akbar, he said the takbir of Fajr commencing into the Fajr Salah in the congregational prayers Alama have mentioned that immediately the people in the front row saw someone uh, come in front of Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an. now in Salah you don't look in front majority of the people you are meant to look down you are meant to <laughs> look down 
Not a lot of people do that though, do they? I was in Masjid Ali once for Isha Salah and from the front row going back and this man was in his Salah and looking at me all the way. I'm going this way and he's still looking at me until I had to look down. So my brothers, you know, when we pray Salah, we look down. So this is the sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. These are the adab. So alhamdulillah, the, the people in the front saf were looking down and all of a sudden this man in a quick flash came in front of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an wielding a two-edged knife. And there was no member during the Khilafat of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab. Uh, sorry, there was no mihrab. There was no mihrab. Member was there, there was no mihrab. The mihrab that we have here, what happens at times, uh, it can even protect the imam because he will stand in front of the mihrab. Remember to perform salah in the mihrab is makruh. So you're not supposed to pray in the mihrab. You have to be out of the mihrab. So the mihrab is at times um, some form of a protection for the imam. And we will talk about this during the khilafat of Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu ta'ala in its time. So it was all open. It was the front row and then in front was Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. And so anybody could come from the front. And this man came with uh, a knife. And when he came, some of the companions did not even know what was happening very, very quickly. And he started stabbing Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. Now all of the companions were looking down. It was very, very dark. What was happening, nobody knew. The minute he said, Allahu Akbar, it was the habit of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab. The, the companions knew that he, his qiraat was very very slow he would take a lot of time even his takbir when he would say Allahu Akbar then he would take time for Surah Al-Fatiha so they were waiting immediately this man the intruder came and he started stabbing Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala and no one knew actually what was happening it was only when Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala and fell on the ground in Masjid Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wasallam that the companions from the front saf broke their salah and immediately went to assist Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an and Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an was there and the only thing that was visible was blood everywhere in the body from the shoulder, face, all the body parts there was a lot of blood and this man now when he saw that some have broken their salah from the front saf he wanted to exit the masjid. In order to flee from the masjid, what he did is that he was pushing the people in the front. Now, a lot of the people still in the third, fourth row did not know what was happening. Everything was very, very fast. This man holding the knife in his hand as he was running, no one was expecting this. Amirul Mu'minin, who wants to uh, assassinate Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an? So this man actually running from Masjid Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, those who tried to stop him, what he would do would also stab them. So anyone on his right he would stab, anyone on the left he would stab. He was a strong man. So he was stabbing everyone, there were no weapons, nobody was carrying anything at that time, it was Fajr Salah. Now in that ulama have mentioned as many as 13 companions were injured. Kitne? 13 companions. Hazrat Umar was already down in Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
And 13 had received injuries from the stabbing of this individual. And from the 13, 7 had passed away. So this was a very, very difficult day for the believers, for the mu'mineen, for the companions, for the tabi'een. Seven had become shaheed and it was only when people were now shouting from the back that stop that man, stop that man, don't let him go, don't let him go. That someone who had a very heavy cloak, what he did was a large cloak, he threw it on him. And then uh, a group of the companions got hold of him, trying to immobilize him, making sure that he does not move. Once he knew that he was caught, uh, what does he do? A disbeliever. And then with his own knife, what he did is that he killed himself. He knew he's caught, so he killed himself. And immediately, this man also was there on one side of Masjid Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He was dying also. Allahu Akbar, we go back to uh, the first incident, Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an. Imagine my respected brothers. Now, this was the dua of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala If you can remember, this was his special dua. He would say, Allahumma rzukni shahadatan fi sabilik. Waj'al mawti fi baladi habibi. Give me shahadat in your path, O Allah. And give me death in the city of Madinatul Munawwara. And this dua was accepted. Now, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala an was on the floor of Masjid Nabwi. Hazrat Abbas and Hazrat Abdullah ibn Abbas were there. This was a very difficult moment for the uncle of Rasulullah, Hazrat Abbas, because he knew that these were non-Muslims and slaves and prisoners who had conspired to attack Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an and it was some of the senior companions who had requested Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an obviously this was done out of good intention nobody would know of the outcome ghayab ka ilm to sirf Allah ko hai but they lifted up the auspicious head of Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf is there Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf is there Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab is lifting up his hands and holding the hands of Abdul Rahman bin Awf and he's saying to Abdul Rahman bin Awf Abdul Rahman, Abdul Rahman come and don't delay your Fajr Salah because of Umar Allahu Akbar Subhanallah here Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an has been stabbed and he is concerned about Salah this is the taqwa of Sahabai Kiram Ajma'in so he's saying Abdul Rahman, don't delay your salah quickly, quickly. And Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf, as Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an is in that position, Abdul Rahman bin Awf radiallahu ta'ala an quickly uh, performed Fajr salah, a very short salah. In fact, some of the people who were praying in the sahan of Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam could not even witness what was happening. And they were shocked and surprised that all of a sudden, the takbir was said by Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an, but they could not hear the kirat of Umar ibn al-Khattab. Mm-hmm. Now, it is the voice of Abdul Rahman bin Awf. Yeah. And Abdul Rahman bin Awf has read very short verses of the Quran and has made salam. Fajr salah has already ended. Until all of them came to Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Again, this was... Uh, a very difficult day 
for the Muslims. Sahaba Kiram Ajma'in were in tears when they saw Amirul Mu'minin Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an in this condition. Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an, what he did is that he said to Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said to Abdullah ibn Abbas, Abdullah, go and see who wanted to kill me. Go and see who wanted to kill me and tell me who that person is. Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala went and he looked at the face of that person and he came back and he said to Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala that he is the slave of Mughera bin Shu'aba radiallahu ta'ala who was not a Muslim. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala again lifted up his hands praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the words that come out again he says Alhamdulillah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not uh, given shahadat, has not allowed Umar ibn al-Khattab to die by the hands of a Muslim. He has not allowed Umar ibn al-Khattab to die by the hands of a Muslim. And that the one who attacked me was a non-Muslim. And he was the slave of Hazrat Mughira bin Shu'ba radiallahu ta'ala an. In the riwayat it comes that his name was Abu Lu'lu. Kya naam tha? Abu Lu'lu. In another narration, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an said that may Allah's curse be on Abu Lu'lu that I had already gone to his master who was Mughera bin Shu'ba and I had spoken to him that he must treat Abu Lu'lu with kindness and to look after him and to treat him well. I had already given the message to him. What had happened, ulama have mentioned, Abu Lu'lu was a professional craftsman. His business was uh, grindstones. Grindstones was his business. But he was the slave of Mughera bin Shu'ba. And he had to pay Hazrat Mughera radiallahu ta'ala an four dirhams every day. And he felt that four dirhams was too much to pay every day. So he came to complain to Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an uh, with regards to his master Mughera bin Shu'ba that he was taking too much money from him. So when he came to Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an, Abu Lu'lu was standing and he said, I'm not prepared to pay four dirhams to Mughera bin Shu'ba. So Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab said to him, Fear Allah, fear Allah and be faithful to your master. Fear Allah and be faithful to your master. Now Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab, what he meant from the words that he uttered, that don't worry, I will go and also speak to Mughira bin Shu'ba and I will speak to him. If four dirhams is too much, then we will reduce it to three dirhams. But I will go and speak. What you have to do is fear Allah and to respect your master. Now this man could not understand the words of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala and not only that, these were non-Muslims, prisoners and slaves who really hated Islam. Who hated Islam. But they were uh, living with the Muslims, they had no choice. And so he went back to his workshop and what he did was he was making a two-headed dagger. A two-headed dagger. And he was sharpening it and it is said that he soiled the, the side of the dagger with poison also. He soiled it with poison. 
So that so the the end of the dagger where the blade was, all of that was covered with poison. Ulama have mentioned that is why Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala's internal organs were also affected. When the stabbing took place, it was difficult for Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala. And when the physicians came to check the condition of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala, it is said that first they gave him Nabi's water to drink. Nabi's water. This is the water uh, which the Arabs are accustomed to. Uh, at times it is made from dates with water. And so he was drinking Nabi's water. And from the wounds, there was some liquid that was coming out. Now it was difficult for the people around to diagnose whether this was Nabi's water coming out. So some of the physicians and the doctors said that let us give him milk to drink. And so when they gave him milk to drink, milk is white in color. And it is said that they noticed that milk was also oozing out from the wounds that he had received. So it was severe wounds that he had received and they realized that now Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an was passing away. He was dying and shahadat uh, was muqaddar for Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an immediately even in that condition he called his son Hazrat Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala and he said to Abdullah Abdullah sit here and calculate for me my qarz calculate for me my debts the people who I owe money Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala and this is very very important that the father must also inform the children of the qarz that he has in fact family members must open all the information to others so that if something was to happen uh, the family members are not in that difficult situation so Abdullah ibn Umar knew of the situation and immediately he calculated and he said to Umar ibn al-Khattab his father he said father you owe people 86,000 dirham how many dirhams? 86,000 dirham. Now, 86,000 dirham is a lot of money. Isn't it, Omar? A lot of money. But we have to understand that this money was not personal loan that Hazrat Omar had taken. This was money that Hazrat Omar had borrowed to support other people. This was to take from one hand and to give it to the others. It was nothing for him. He had nothing. Hazrat Omar personally had nothing. 86,000 dirham he would take and he said to the people not to worry if you can't pay don't worry I am there we will sort something out so all that accumulated to 86,000 dirhams and then he said to Abdullah ibn Umar that remember the first thing you have to do is pay off my debt 86,000 dirhams must be paid off from the family of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and if they can't afford it then he said go to my tribe the tribe of Adi bin Ka'ab. This was the tribe of Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala. So he said, ask my tribe, the people of my tribe to pay it off. And he said that if the tribe of Adi can't pay it off, then ask the people of Quraysh. And he knew the, the respect that Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab had and that he was a great Amir. There was no question about someone paying off 86,000 dirhams. And he said, uh, if if the, the Banu Adi don't pay then ask the Qurayshi people and the Quraysh will pay off 86,000 dirhams and he said to his son that if 
for some reason the Quraysh don't want to pay, then don't extend your hands to anyone else. Then it is between me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu Akbar. And then finally he said to Hazrat Abdullah ibn Umar after calculating everything, he came and he whispered into the ears of Abdullah ibn Umar and he said that go and give my salams to the mothers of the believer, believers, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, Ummahatul Mu'mineen. And say to her that Umar ibn al-Khattab gives you salam and makes a request. And he says that he his only wish is that you allow Umar ibn al-Khattab to be buried in your chamber, in your room, to rest with his two companions, Hazrat Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. This was a difficult moment for the companions. Allahu Akbar, what can the Shias, uh, what do the Shias have to say about this? Hmm? What do the Shias have to say? Uh, we have to understand there is a difference between Shia and Ravzi. But this is again not our subject. But Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala an went to Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha and when he extended the salam of Amir al-Mu'mineen, Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha was crying. And she said to Abdullah ibn Umar that, O oh Abdullah, this space, one space that is in my room, I had reserved it for myself, thinking that one is my husband and the other is my father and this is going to be my place. I will be buried here in my own room. But Allahu Akbar, this is the request of Amirul Mu'mineen. Who more holds that position that he should take this position which was again the Hujra and also the Rawza and Rawzatun min Riyazil Jannah as the Basharat is given in the Hadith of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and she said tell Amirul Mu'mineen that I sacrifice my space for Amirul Mu'mineen and I will be in the cemetery with the Muslimin in Jannatul Baqi if Allah wills but this place is now reserved for Umar ibn al-Khattab and so he came back quickly and he said that Hazrat Umar in his tabiat he was very very anxious you know, he, when he wanted something he would look forward to it and when he saw Abdullah ibn Umar uh, standing near the door he said Abdullah, Abdullah tell me tell me what happened, tell me what happened and he said father whatever your wishes your wishes were Allah has accepted and Ummahatul Mu'mineen Hazrat Aisha has given permission and Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an said to Abdullah ibn Umar this was my only wish in life to be buried with the two companions who I dearly love Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. but again look at the level of taqwa he again called Hazrat Abdullah ibn Umar and asked that do you think that there was any pressure that came from me to Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha being an Amir, being an Amir, a Khalifa and someone like Umar ibn al-Khattab maybe she felt that she had no choice and uh, she was forced to say yes. Abdullah ibn Umar gave assurance and he said, No, father, this was not the case. She willingly gave permission. And he said, No, do me one favor. When my ruh departs from the body, lift up my janazah and take me 
to the hujra of Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha put the janaza out of the hujra of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and for the second time take permission from Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha and if she gives permission only then put me to rest with Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq in case she was to change her mind Allahu Akbar Kabira this was the taqwa of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an a great man that he was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give him jazai khair inshallah ta'ala in the next few sessions we will furthermore continue uh, in actually how death came to him how uh, the ruh of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an uh, departed from the body and also the council of six and what the other companions had to say about Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma salli ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana muhammadin nabiyil ummi wa ala alihi wa sallim taslima Allahumma taqabbal minna wa tub alayna inna kanta tawabur raheem nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk sami'na wa atwana gufranaka rabbana wa ilayka al-maseer birahmatika ya arhamarrahim